All right, all right, all right. Welcome back into the All B Sports Podcast, where it's all BS all the time with James, Brian, and Nick. And uh, what a week of games it was, guys. Uh, lots of lots of craziness out there. Uh, kicking off with some news and notes. Um, Bill O'Brien being fired by the 0-4 Houston Texans. Uh, Romeo Cornell stepping in uh, as the interim head coach. Um, we'll break this down a little bit more when we, uh, when we talk about the, uh, the game, but uh, anything you guys want to note on real quick before we jump in? I mean, as a Colts fan, I'm utterly disappointed that the Texans had to make this decision now, uh, when the Colts are clearly going to run away with this division, uh, cause there's so much talent on that Texans team that I was just really, really relying on Bill O'Brien, just jackhammering them into the ground. Uh, yeah, it's a sad day if you're Colts, Titans, Jaguars fan, anything of the sort. Romeo Cornell, he used to coach for the Browns, didn't he? Was he he was their head coach for probably just a year? Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, I don't know that he's going to be the answer. Uh, but again, there is enough talent on that team that uh, you know, with the you know, just not terrible coaching and it's and really I think it just comes down to everything started to kind of decline on this team as soon as Bill O'Brien uh named himself the GM uh and I don't know I just I can't imagine that there's any coach that could be successful in a position where they're you know the head coach the GM and the offensive play caller that's just too many responsibilities to keep a team in check so yeah wish Romeo Cornell the best and hopefully he can do something with his opportunity yeah, we'll see. Um, all right, jumping in. So first on the list here is the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Cincinnati Bengals. And, man, sad day for me. I uh, picked the Jacksonville Jaguars in this game. Uh, DJ Chark had a huge game. I told which, you to start him. Yeah, yeah. And uh, But, I mean, the uh, – the Bengals, man, there's a couple of these teams out here. We'll, we'll talk about them, but I, obviously the Jaguars and the Bengals, I can't seem to get a read on. I don't know if I've picked either, any one of those games right. Yeah, I mean, the Bengals are a team that, you know, they have a lot of moving pieces, and Joe Burrow is playing like a NFL starting quarterback. I don't know that he's playing necessarily great, but he's playing some very solid football. And then, you know, as far as from an offensive standpoint, they, they definitely have all the weapons over there. Uh, Jacksonville, I, they're a tough. They're definitely a tough team. Gardner Minshew, fantastic, another big game by him. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, it just came down to Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon making the big plays when they had to in that game. So, pretty stoked for Joe Burrow to get his first win. Uh, definitely didn't want to see him continue to go winless after all the opportunities that this team had to get a win. Uh, this team could easily be uh, a three and one team right now. Uh, with all the missed opportunities that they've had here. But, again, that's just the NFL. So, Yep. All right. Thoughts on that? Or... Okay. Um, no, I'm, I mean, yeah, just uh, got it got it wrong on the pickums, and, and the Jaguars are now one and three and and looking like, yeah, they could they could be in the top four, three, four, five picks of this season when, uh, you know, they surprised us all at the beginning of the season and everyone kind of stood back a little bit. 
it'll be For interesting sure. to see if they do stick on that trend to see what they do, whether or not they go get a Justin Fields or a Trevor Lawrence kind of throwing Minshew off to the wayside or, you know, going in another direction. Yeah, I mean, I think they've got, you know, they've got their quarterback. I mean, Gardner Minshew, I think, is top five in passing yards right now, uh, top ten in touchdowns. Uh, he's playing really good football. I mean, the issue isn't isn't there. It's, you know, it's having uh, really a defense that can stand up. Uh, they've just been one of the worst defenses in the league so far, uh, you know, and that's to be expected with all the pieces that they got rid of. Uh, I think that this is a building year. They need to just do what they can, and then they need to try to get that top five, top ten pick uh, and turn that into, you know, a dominant defensive uh, player, another safety, another uh, pass rusher, something along those lines. And this team is just a few pieces away from being really, really competitive. Yep. All right. Speaking of bad defenses, uh, let's talk about this uh, Cleveland Browns Dallas Cowboys game. So Man. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna start this one off because you know la- last podcast, you know we were all I think on the same page. Browns are going to win this game, you know. And then I got to tinkering. And I looked at like the Browns' two and one record in the teams that they beat, which was the Cincinnati Bengals and the Washington football teams. Two teams that, you know, are not looking all that great. And so the more I thought about it, the more I was less impressed with their two and one record. And I was getting more impressed with Dallas's one and two record because they had, you know, on paper it was a tougher schedule, like Seahawks, Rams, and Falcons. So I changed my pick to the Cowboys, was really sad for a long time, got real excited, you know, like 10 minutes left in the game, and then Odell Beckham Jr. happened again and crushed those dreams. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe that you, like, I have a hard time picking the Cowboys in any game, and, you know, we talked about it on the last podcast, they just absolutely have no defense, and that they faced no defense up until this point. Um, you know, a lot of the stuff that they had late in the game, there was just a lot of garbage yards. Uh, Dak Prescott had a phenomenal historic first quarter and then went silent through for a quarter and a half. They just did absolutely nothing. Not to mention he was the, you know, he was the fumble that really set this, that Browns onslaught out. Um, I mean, the Browns are a legitimate team. They are no longer the Browns. I mean, regardless of the teams, the, the quality of teams that they've beaten, uh, they've done it in a dominating fashion. I mean, they had 307 rushing yards, and that was without Nick Chubb for the majority of the game. Uh, this team is built, and Stefanski is the head coach there. I'm not saying this is one of the best teams in the NFL, but this is a top 15 team who, you know, they have a threat to beat anybody in that lower 15 uh, every week and give some really competitive games to some of the top teams in the league. Yeah, there's going to be more on that in a little bit. I ha- I have a kind of cool stat that I want to share a little bit later when we're going down the list here. But yeah, I mean, let's talk about that. 307 yards rushing. Yeah, I when thought was I was the, I was reaching was, for the moon when I said that they would do 250 yards rushing. When, so yeah, when was the last time we saw a team rush for 300 and 300 yards in a game? That's that's crazy. Um, at de- seven de- point at seven point seven yards a clip, I guess that's to Odell Beckham's credit. But yeah, 
But I mean, this this is this is nuts. I mean, for for the Cowboys defense to be allowing all these points and all this scoring to be going on, Dak is a man possessed right now. I mean, he's throwing. I think he's on pace to throw for like sixty five hundred yards or something like that right now. I think, which is crazy. I think what's happening is that Dak is throwing these games on purpose to put up these miraculous stats you know, drive his price up to some Patrick Mahomes money. You know, it's hard to say. I mean, at the end of the day, he had 200 of his 500 yards in the first quarter. You know, um, a lot of people say that a lot of these yards come in the second half and when they're down, but at the end of the day, they're not feeding Zeke at all. They're not getting him rolling. I mean, he had 12 carries for 54 yards, 4.5 yards a carry. Like that's a stat line for your running back where you want to keep feeding it. Uh, McCarthy wants Dak Prescott to put up these big numbers you know, look like Aaron Rodgers out there. Uh, but they just have absolutely no defense. It's it's completely absurd how they just – I mean, it looks like they're just getting pushed around. It, I This is by far the worst defense. And they have the pieces to be very, very solid, very, very middle of the road at worst. Yeah, I mean, uh, Demarcus Lawrence did come out and pretty much call out his defense saying that they're just playing really soft right now. Yeah. And they got some injuries, they, so maybe they'll get – better as you know halfway through the season with like Leighton Van Der Esch comes back yeah I think the big thing was I think they gave up 187 yards before contact wow. uh, of those of those uh rushing yards so that just tells you they're just not attacking the football I mean that's that's disgraceful for an NFL team to give up that many yards without contact yeah, I don't. I don't know what the uh, historic number is um, for as far as points allowed in the first four games. That's um, probably belongs to the Dolphins of last year, but Dallas has to be nipping at their heels, man. This is crazy. Absolutely. Um, all right. So next up on the list here is the New Orleans Saints at the Detroit Lions, and man, this turned out to be a bit more competitive game than I thought it was going to be. Um, Drew Brees uh, actually played pretty well in this game um, for the most. Outside of his interception on his first throw of the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, Go ahead. Oh, yeah, which I was going to say, I was texting you guys saying, is are the Saints done? Is Drew Brees done? I mean, he has not had a good – it's a solid stretch of football. It's three games of just – really, I mean, even, you know, the first game, he didn't look that great against Tampa Bay's defense. Uh, Drew Brees is definitely looked to as lo- have lost a step, and I'm extremely suspect of this Saints offense going down the line. Uh, and I'm I'm not even convinced we won't see Jameis Winston for week fit 14, 15, 16 because I just I do not have a lot of faith in Drew Brees' arm down the stretch. He hasn't played a full season in a couple of years now, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm nervous about him. Just wait for Michael Thomas to come back. When you have a guy that literally catches like no less than eighty five percent of the stuff thrown his way, you know his numbers will improve, and it will be because of Michael Thomas, and they'll start racking up the wins once he's healthy. I hope you're right, but uh, I guess you know the Detroit Lions. We've definitely you know said that this is a very solid football team, uh, even at you know one and three now. Um, but yeah, I'm nervous for the New Orleans Saints. This looks like the Buccaneers' division to win to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
yeah, I mean, the Bucks are going to keep getting better, I think, as the season goes on, uh, just based on, you know, just that team being so new together with Tom Brady at the quarterback. I mean, it's going to take some time for them to gel, but I think it's, I think it's happening. And, and obviously we got, we'll talk about that game a little bit later, but this, this Saints team is struggling right now. And I think they need to find that. And it's, it, you know, we always, I say it all the time. The football field is 11 players on first 11 players. Yeah. But that sometimes you need that one key player, Michael Thomas, in this case, to make things roll that much smoother, you know. So we'll we'll see. He's uh, the word is that he's coming back soon. I think the New Orleans bye week is week six, if I'm not mistaken. It's either this week or week six. Um, so that being said, uh, you may not see Michael Thomas this week if they if they do in fact play. Let me just check this real quick. Uh, da, da, da. Saints, 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 Saints. Oh, yep. Okay, so they play on Monday night against the Chargers. Okay, so my my guess is out of precaution, you probably won't see him this week. Um, and so they can give him rest through this week and through the bye week and have him full fully healthy for the rest of the season and and uh, and and try to bring this bring this team back around. Yeah, and I mean, I you know I've always said like I think Michael Thomas is the best receiver in football. Uh, just because his ability to do everything, uh, and he does definitely change an offense, and maybe that's what Drew Brees does need uh, this late in his career because obviously the arm is diminishing. Uh, the accuracy is still there, but, you know, he's got to be throwing to guys he knows going to make those plays, and he can't make those uh, 50-50 balls nearly as well as he used to. So, yeah, definitely something to be watching for there. Agreed. Okay, so moving on to the Seattle Seahawks at the Miami Dolphins. My reverse psychology did not work. Uh, the Dolphins lost this game uh, in a co- pretty competitive game overall till late in the second half, late, like fourth quarter, really. Um, disappointing. I mean, really that second Ryan Fitzpatrick interception. I mean, up till that point, um, they were very much in this game. And then they gave Seattle that opportunity to swing double points. I don't know. I think I, I think yep. it's time for Tua. <laughs> yeah, it did. And initially, at the beginning of the season, the uh, the um, uh, or beginning of the season, beginning of the week, the press conference by Brian Flores came out and was noncommittal about who his quarterback was going to be. But they did uh, subsequently announce that Ryan Fitzpatrick will be the starter. But them even having to announce that is is an indication that decisions may be made very soon and and I'm I'm excited. I think you know initially I, I was on the boat of let's let Tua sit for a while, let's let him get fully healthy and I mean he's I, I think he's been fully healthy. I'm just n- more mostly nervous about this offensive line uh with two rookies on it and four new starters. Well, that was um, what I was going to point out um since you mentioned that right there. I I mean this offensive line has played well this year. From what it's I've played seen. fantastic as far as um, I'm concerned, yeah. Yeah, so in that sense, I mean, you don't have a ton of, like, you know, pressure issue, you know, unless two is just going to get the ball and just hold it for far too long, far too often. Um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, this was a secondary that did slow down Russell Wilson for a good portion of that game. A lot of his yards came in the fourth quarter on some big, you know, chunk-busted plays. But, um, 
this was the most human we've seen Russell Wilson look all year, uh, even with his ending stat line, you know, getting that interception. Um, I felt like even as good as Ryan Fitzpatrick's stats looked, 29 to 45 for 315 yards, there were some big plays he did make, but then there were some big third down plays that he didn't make. He forced it to the wrong read. Um, you know, even his interception earlier was a tipped ball. Uh, that was a ball that he didn't have to throw so high and with such high velocity that it was going to be tipped. Um, yeah, I think they're just a little bit of good quarterback play away from being like a legitimate eight and eight, nine and seven team. Well, I, uh, I, I teased a, a stat for you, um, earlier. So, so, um, Beasley from the, from, um, uh, the Dolphins beat, uh, put this perspective out there. Dolphins are a one and three with a minus three point point differential, having played te- the teams right now that are combined eleven and four. The Browns are a three and one team with a minus two point differential, having played teams that are combined six nine and one. So I think I forget who said it, or I forget where I saw the stat. The other stat is I mean the Dolphins played the Patriots in New England. Seattle at home and the Bills at home. Those have been their three losses. Outside of the Texans, that's a pretty hard opening schedule, if you ask me. I mean, and the fact that they've been able to be only a minus three point differential, whereas you look at this team, what they did last year at the same at, in, in, through four weeks, they were what, like a minus hundred point differential. So there's definitely some improvement going on down in South Florida and, and I haven't, I haven't jumped off the bandwagon just yet. So, yeah, I mean, so that was, you know, definitely the big bit on the dolphins there. I think I'm ready to see Tua. the team itself is working well enough. You know, that Fitzpatrick isn't going to be the key. If, if Tua does truly have a 100% clean bill of health, I think you got to start moving them out there and get this team moving in that direction. Uh, but again, Seattle doing what it takes to win DK Metcalf looking phenomenal. Russell Wilson continuing to, put together his MVP campaign the Seahawks are four and zero, and you know really have no looks of slowing down here yeah I mean uh, as long as Russell keeps doing his doing pulling rabbits out of the hat uh that defense needs to get figured out um obviously Jamal Adams gone but uh, yeah we spent a lot of time on this game Brian unless you have something quick we'll move uh, on quick oh, note and- for me is uh I did see a news article Brian Westbrook uh old Philly running back did call DK Metcalf TO with more speed. So yes. sign of things to come. I think that's kind of a lofty goal, uh, lofty aspirations to be personally. Yeah. And the one thing that I will say to let my last final note on this um, with Seattle's offense, uh, show me the last, like, you know, outside of the chiefs, but even they had a good, good defense. Just show me the last offense big offense that won a Super Bowl. It's so rare for the big offenses to win a Super Bowl. Uh, I know they want to hashtag let Russ cook, but you've got to slow this offense down. This is why Pete Carroll's always been a running the ball type of guy. You've got to commit more to running the ball, slow down the games, chew up that time of possession, take your big shots. But uh, when you put your defense out on the field as much as they do and as quickly as they do, uh, you just can't expect them to be successful. I mean, they, they the Seahawks score so quickly right now. Uh, that that I think is hurting them in turn. Yeah. All right. 
Uh, moving on here, we have the Minnesota Vikings going to Houston Texans. Obviously, uh, the Texans lost this game subsequently, fired Bill O'Brien, like we said at the beginning of this. Um, I, I, I don't know whether this was an impl- – I mean, again, I, an implosion of the Houston Texans or Minnesota finally figuring something out. Uh, again, a team that I ha- I can't – I'm struggling to figure out, the Minnesota Vikings. I don't know. I mean, the, what I saw was – you know, I guess Kirk Cousins was a little bit more efficient in this game, uh, but they looked very similar to the team that they've been, um, you know, outside of Kirk Cousins being a little bit more efficient. I guess maybe that was all they needed. Um, trying to look here. You know, Houston wasn't able to run the ball. Uh, they got dominated in time of possession. Uh, one turnover. Ultimately, it was very surprising for me that the Minnesota Vikings had looked just terrible. And then with the way that Houston played Pittsburgh a week ago, you fully expected uh, them to come out and, you know, dominate this game. So I can definitely understand why ownership looked at this game and uh, looked at this game and moved on from Bill O'Brien with this. Yeah, I was kind of surprised with the loss. I, I had the Texans to win. And I just just thought just because they had a better uh, defense, better pass rush at the, the current moment, and yeah, I mean this this was just kind of a very missed opportunity for the Houston Texans to kind of right the ship after having such a brutal start. This should have been the game for them to kind of like okay, we had a rough go of this, but this is where we can get back on track and. Bill O'Brien wasn't up to the task, and he paid for it. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously we'll talk about some more of this team um, going forward with Romeo Cornell, but um, obviously this is going to be one of the one of the teams. There's a lot of talent on this team with Deshaun Watson, and, and so this will be a fun team to watch when the the coaching carousel at the end of the season happens whether it's going to be Eric Bieniemy uh from the offensive coordinator from the Chiefs I heard somebody saying uh you know some of the guys out there you know and the pundits on ESPN they're talking you know Dabo Sweeney could be coming up uh out of the college ranks to coach his old his old uh quarterback down there who he won a national championship with in Deshaun Watson uh it'll be interesting to see what happens for sure I think Cliff Kingsbury uh, would be an interesting uh, person to look at for that, just with what he's done down there in Oklahoma. Um, I'm very curious about Eric Bieniemy, just because uh, you know everybody wants to give him a lot of credit, um, but at the end of the day, that is Andy Reid's offense. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know if he's the guy. I'd be really curious to see what he can do. Quick correction: You were talking. You said Oklahoma. You're talking about Lincoln Riley, not Cliff Kingsbury. Oh, Cliff Kingsbury is the coach for the uh, uh, Arizona okay. Cardinals. Yeah. Right yeah, he already came up from college. Thank I was yeah. I was confused, yep. and yeah, Lincoln Riley was my first pick there, just because he's been talked about the last couple years and has yet to make the leap. Yeah. All right. Next, we got the Cardinals right, and well, the Panthers. Good segue there. Yep, Cardinals at the Panthers, and man, what what the heck happened to the Cardinals? They were looking like one of the best teams in this division, in the NFC, 
And then the last two weeks, they just go lay eggs to the the Lions and the Panthers. I mean, what's the Tell deal? Tell you what the deal is. Teddy Bridgewater is a real NFL quarterback. And I knew it. I knew he was good. I liked him in his time in Minnesota. He was just too young and was on a run first def- you know, defensive team and wasn't able to kind of bust the playbook out or his skill set out until he got to New Orleans where he got to learn under Drew Brees and Sean Payton. Well, even to that, when he was when he was in uh, New Orleans, he did absolutely nothing. I'll take a, I'll take a look. He's here five and all last year. Yeah, he he averaged 153 yards a game passing. So I don't know where he I don't know where this Teddy Bridgewater came from. Outside of I believe that this is 100 percent Matt Rule. Uh, he has a history of turning teams around, and he is turning this uh, Panthers team around. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is definitely playing his best football, and I think that that's has a lot to do with the, his head coach. I said it in our off-season stuff. I believe, you know, that this is a coach's league. Um, you know, this is a pick that I wish I had back when we were talking about these picks. I was looking at this, and I said I was really leaning towards the Panthers, but I felt like I had to go with our Arizona Cardinals dream team. Um, so yeah, I'm not at all surprised by this. It does seem that um, this whole uh, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins connection has been sniffed out and uh, people are figuring Kyler Murray out. I will say that DeAndre Hopkins did play that game hurt. I think it was something like an ankle injury or something had him hobbled. I mean, they still got him tar- targeted just fine. I think he had like eight catches, but it was not for a lot of yards. Yeah, seven for 41. Okay. He's, a, he's another one of those guys who is pretty much always playing hurt, him and Julio Jones. I think it's that physical style of play that they have, and that's just what you kind of have to expect with those guys for about, you know, five to eight games a year is them playing with some sort of limitation. They had that in Houston as well, I remember pretty clearly. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, this was a game that I, too, also had the Cardinals picked. And, I mean, you put it on paper, and they take Cardinals just have a better roster, like, on, at least on paper. And so, yeah, I think maybe it was just down to coaching, as you said, James and Matt Rule just flat out winning the day. Yeah, I think the under the under, the unsung hero, I think, over there uh, for the Panthers is Robbie Anderson. Uh he was a he's a true number one receiver, I believe. And then you have DJ Moore, who's definitely a one two receiver. Uh, so they have all the all the threats there. Uh, you know, very kind of unknown defense, but this is a team who's been, you know, we said, I mean, very competitive in every single game that they had. Uh, I had the Card- the Carolina Panthers as one of the worst teams in the league this year. So I'm gonna go ahead and eat some crow there because I definitely missed on that one. Uh, these yeah, guys, these I mean, guys are we cooking. All, I think we all did. So we'll all eat some crow on this one and, and another team that we'll have to adjust for going forward. All right. Uh, a game that turned out to be an awesome shootout. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers versus going to the Tampa Bay Bucks. And uh, James. Go ahead on this one. I know you got some stuff to say. I'm mad, <laughs> Don't count guys. me out either. I am mad on this one. I mean, oh, my gosh. So, number one, I mean, 
jo- uh, Justin Herbert is just playing lights out. Uh, he's looking like, you know, until we see Tua, he's looking like the best rookie quarterback in the league right now. Uh, everything he's done, I mean, to hang in there against Tom Brady and this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense for four quarters was really phenomenal. Uh, I'm really disappointed in the coaching staff. You know, 40 seconds left in the first half, uh, you know, on the 10-yard line, and you're handed off the ball uh, to do what? I mean, you've got a – well, I think they had a 17-point lead at that point. Um, going to the half, 24-7, to 7, I believe. So, yeah, going to the half, you've got a big lead over Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Take that momentum in, you know, take no risk at that situation. Just kneel it down. You're not going to run the field, you know, in 40 seconds yet. Here we go with the turnover. Give Brady the ball back with all those big weapons, that big red zone weapons. And that was it. I mean, that was the turning point in that game. And it was the Buccaneers game from that point on to, you know, Brady ended this and everybody's like, ah, Brady's so great. Brady's so great. But he was not good in that first half. Uh, I wish I could pull up the statistics on it, but everything that he did was really from that turnover through to the end of the game. And the Tampa for the Los Angeles chargers defense was just flat after that happened. They just didn't have what it took to the mental fortitude to carry through. So very disappointed. I picked the chargers in this game and they should have won it uh, pretty easily, but here we are. I just, I love that. Uh, like when this game started, when Brady threw that, that pick six, you know, you guys are all over it. And then we didn't hear anything else about it. And I was like, hmm, I wonder what's going on in this game. Oh, Tom Brady has five touchdown passes because he's still great. Can, we were talking about this last week when we were making picks about how great the Los Angeles Chargers defense was. And, yeah, they played great the first half. And, you know, but Tom does what he does, and he figured it out, and he made – him and Arians made the adjustments, and they came out swinging the second half and won this game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if, I, I think that this game, it, like James said, turned on that late second quarter, you know, almost halftime turnover, and the fact that Justin Herbert was the team's leading rusher. Yeah. He had five carries for 14 yards. If they if they could figure out how to run the ball, they would have won well, this yeah, game. Yeah, and they right? they might have had a better shot if Austin Eckler did not leave the game hurt. And I I don't know what the yeah, word I is mean, on his injury. I know he needed help off the field. Yeah, and the, I think he was seen in crutches in a in a brace, but uh, so but I don't think there's been any further reporting on that as of yet. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, but the, I'm sticking with it. I mean the. T- Tom Brady, you know, he had a pretty good game. I'm going to give him that, uh, you know, but when you have to throw it 46 times to throw five touchdowns, I guess that's what the league is nowadays. Um, the defense was not impressive in that second half. I mean, they were basically just letting Tampa Bay do whatever they wanted. They had the running game going. They had everything going. So I do not expect that this is the Tom Brady that we are going to see for the rest of the year, and I think that's what everybody's getting to. I'm going to get into that with my Thursday pick more. I'm just going to say, I don't think they win this game if that coaching staff doesn't hand that ball off and kneel it down, go into the halftime with a 17-point lead. I think that's a dagger. Yeah. All right. Moving on here, uh, Baltimore Ravens at the Washington Redskins. I, I think we all kind of saw this one uh, the same way. It's just, it's just a better roster top to bottom in Baltimore. 
not a lot to say on this, although uh, shortly after this game was played, uh, Coach Ron Rivera did have a sit-down meeting, um, as reported by Schefter, Adam Schefter of ESPN, uh, did have a sit-down meeting with uh, Dwayne Haskins and said, yo, you got to start playing better, man, or uh, we're going to have to make a change. So hopefully uh, the young kid can take it to heart and, uh, you know, banish whatever demons he's he's dealing with right now and, and start playing a little bit better. Yeah, and I love Ron Rivera for that. I mean, you even they don't really have – well, I guess we talked about Kyle, and, Kyle Allen a little bit over there. Um, but, yeah, at the end of the day, you were, you know, a high draft pick. You're expected to carry this franchise. Uh, we've kind of raved about – just what this Washington team has done in the midst of all the adversity that they've dealt with. And they're just, you know, I don't think they ever had a chance at winning this game, but there've been some other games this season where they were just some good quarterback play away from winning some games. So uh, good on Ron Rivera. I mean, that's what makes him great as a head coach is that, you know, no nonsense leadership. So I love well, it. That, that's part of the great thing. Yeah. Of, I think about being a new coach entering a team is that, uh, you know, the players there, aren't exactly your players so you don't you know you can you can call them bad like bad picks and like, like talk to the gm or the owner like hey these guy just flat out sucks and it's nothing on you because you didn't have any say when he was drafted so i think that's kind of what's happened happening with Dwayne haskins is he ron rivera's like you're not my quarterback like i didn't i don't i have no yeah. investment in you other than this year so show i I, I disagree. I don't think Ron Rivera came in thinking that, uh, you know, I mean, from everything that we've heard about Ron, he's a player's coach. It doesn't matter who you are. He's going to, he's going to use your talent. And I think I, the, the problem is it's not so much with, you know, whether or not it was the Ron Rivera's quarterback or not. It's, it's this, this organization has been devoid of, of real leadership for so long. They don't know what it looks like. And now that they actually have a true leader in, in Ron Rivera as the head coach, trying to turn this whole organization around, uh, I think I think he's doing it the right way. And I think and I think that setting expectations is is obviously something that should be done and should have been done a long time ago. I, I don't want to. I I feel like that's some that's real shallow if if that's the case of Ron Rivera saying, well, I don't really care. Well, about your I don't think I don't he's saying think that. that I don't think that's that. I don't think, I think he's saying that out loud. No, I think that. Yeah, so I think that when you so if you draft a quarterback, if you're part of the team that says this is my guy, I want to go, I want this guy, I got to go get him, you know, now you're invested with ownership in terms of, I have I have to make this guy successful. If this guy isn't successful under my watch, I'm out of here. Versus like, when you come into a team, you want the best for your players. You're going to try to lift them up. You're going to try to do everything like that. But in the sense of like, listen, you got to perform, or I'm moving on because I'm not invested, so I have that ability to do that versus if he was the guy that he had drafted. I don't think that Ron Rivera came in there with the idea, I'm just going to get rid of him and look for my guy. I think that he just hasn't been playing well, and Ron Rivera has no stake in that game. He need, he, he wants a quarterback who's going to play the best the position as good as possible, yeah. uh, and he would you know rather move on early and get that guy early on because now he's saying, like, hey, this isn't my guy. I need my guy. Uh, and I think that that's pretty typical of coaches to do. I don't think that he's just looking to do that, but Dwayne Haskins kind of made that an easy, easy thing for him. Yeah, to that, do. that was uh, pretty much the point that I was getting at. You just said a little bit better, James. I don't think Ron Rivera's tell you know going out telling people like I don't give a rat's you know you know what about you. He's 
trying to coach him up, but at the end of the day, if they don't work out, it's no it's no skin off his bones. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was just trying to think of, you know, you even look like Bill O'Brien with Deshaun Watson. You know, if Deshaun Watson struggles, which he does, he did, you know, Bill O'Brien can't move on from Deshaun Watson. He's like, oh, I got to make it happen. Oh, we didn't make it happen, so Bill O'Brien's gone type of a situation. So just to kind of put that there. Um, yeah. Yeah, moving on to the New York Giants, Los Angeles Rams. Rams continue to roll here. Giants continue to struggle. I will say they kind of stepped up in this game in the sense of holding the Rams to only 17 points and acted like they were competitive for a couple of quarters. But I definitely would say that I think the Los Angeles Rams played down to the competition in this game more than anything. Yeah, I think you're I think you're spot on there. They definitely played down because, I mean, how do you – yeah, how do you let a New York Giants team coming across the country keep it within literally one score, eight points, um, when this is clearly one of the worst three teams, two teams in the NFL? So, yeah, I, I, they, they may have been looking at the next week's schedule a little bit, the Rams. Yeah, and I mean, to – really pointed out the big issue in this game and it was Jared Goff just not getting it going. I mean, 32 attempts for 200 yards. I mean, that's, that's not good. Um, they didn't run the wall, the ball, sorry, you know, necessarily very good. Uh, and that's what you get with Jared Goff. If you're not running the ball. You can't really bring out his play action. He's going to struggle. Um, so that's something that this team really has to focus on and make sure that they're doing everything they can to run the ball really well. Um, but to flip it, Daniel Jones, another really, really bad game. <laughs> I can't believe how much I misjudged his trajectory for this season uh, because I think that the Giants are going to have the number one pick, and I think it's a no-brainer to get a new guy in there. Uh, but I guess the big question would be if uh, Gettleman is still the, uh, the GM come draft time this next you know, year. I'm kind of thinking that he won't be, especially if – Daniel Jones continues to struggle. I mean, he's he's just hasn't had a lot of good early round pick success. I mean, if Jones, you know, flat out doesn't work out, and then, uh, gosh, who is who is the DB they selected not too long ago that's now up on robbery charges? Uh, so, was it something ba- Baker? Mm. Yeah, DeAndre, DeAndre Baker. Baker. I think he was a first round DB that they took like 2017, 2018, and obviously now no longer with the team because of that. So, you know, and that's nothing against his talent. Maybe he would have worked out, but part of GM's job is to be that judge of character as well. Yeah, and I I feel really bad. I feel like uh, Daniel Jones, you know, I think – I feel like he was a second, third, fourth-round pick. Uh, He was definitely not a first-round pick type of guy. I, I mean, I just look at a few teams, you know, the Cleveland Browns, I feel like he would be successful with. Obviously, they had Baker, but I'm just, you know, plug him in there. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers, he'd be a very, very good quarterback there. Uh, teams like that that are built around, you know, those deficiencies of a quarterback. Uh, Daniel Jones is not that Trevor Lawrence type, the Andrew Luck, the John Elway, the Peyton Manning. He's just not that guy. Um, I would almost compare him to like a Tom Brady. You put him in the perfect situation, you know, where he, he doesn't have to play outside of his skill set. And he could probably turn into, you know, an elite starting franchise quarterback here, eight, nine, ten. Um, but I, yeah, I just think that going to the Giants and Gettleman taking that risk on him was just terrible. 
he did take him way too early. Uh, I think everyone and their dog like knew that he was just such a surprise on draft night. Hey, let's not forget Tom Brady was a seventh he round pick. He was a right? sixth round pick. Oh, number one ninety nine, and he and he played on. I was actually arguing with somebody on the interwebs this this week about this, and eight of the ten defenses that he had his first ten years in the league were top ten defenses. So, I mean, that just is the difference between a guy like Daniel Jones and a guy like Tom Brady's career trajectory. Uh, you know. Hey, we're not talking about yeah, ancient we're history on. right now. I'm not going hey. to dignify <laughs> that with an answer. Listen, listen. I told you guys from the start of this podcast, the number one reason that I get in, got into sports casting and everything is to take every dig and shot I can at Tom Brady. And I'm going to educate the world on just how overrated Tom Brady is by the end of this. Uh, anyways, the Las Vegas Raiders almost beat the Bills. And, I, and I'm pretty happy about it. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Buffalo going to Las Vegas. Uh, I think, I think uh, I picked Buffalo in this game. I can't remember if, uh, if anybody else did I or did. not. Um, I think I was the only one who took, I, I'm the only one who took Vegas on this one. And that was Vegas. a gut. Yeah. And I admit the Buffalo Bills are super legit. So I'm, I'm leaning their direction going forward here. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, 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 didn't get to see a lot of this game, so I don't really know how the game script went, but there was not a whole lot of rushing going on for the Raiders, so I don't know if they were playing from down so much uh, at the end of the game and brought it in this close, but, uh, I mean, the, the Raiders are still a tough team. They're, they're a tough out. I mean, they, they went up to New England, lost a, t- a tough game up there, and then they played the 4-0 Bills, which uh, Matt, uh, or not, Jared, Al- Jared Allen. Allen is playing um, – Josh Allen, thank you. Jared Allen, the old tight end for the Vikings. Uh, or not tight end, D-end. Jeez Louise. Um, Jared Allen, <laughs> Josh Allen. <laughs> Figured <laughs> out, Josh man. Allen. Figured out. Yeah. Josh Allen playing at MVP level. Yes. Continuing. Um, I mean, this, this t- they're, they're two games up in the AFC East right now. Uh yeah, this 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 is a this is a tough team and, and it might be start time to put them in the conversation maybe not with the chiefs just yet but with the with the the ravens and the steelers the 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 seahawks some of those teams that are just just uh, you know nipping in that top five talking about top four teams uh, well, here yeah i mean for me what i really want to see is josh allen in this offense go up against you know one of the upper tier pass rush teams because really so far they haven't had that Josh Allen's had a lot of pretty clean pockets and the few times where there's not a clean pocket, he can usually make something work anyhow. Um, but yeah, that being said, I, I've got this team, I think probably in my, at least in my honorable mentions for my top five in the league right now. Um, and I've got the Raiders possibly top 12, even a uh, couple fumbles in this game, which, you know, were just good plays by the bills players uh, away from, the Raiders taking this one away from them. So, yeah, sorry to cut in there, Brian. I heard you were trying oh, to Oh, I lost my train of thought. Forgot what we were talking about there. But <laughs> I'll just go ahead and give my two cents. Yeah, I mean, Bills are going to win the AFC East. They'll probably split their games with New England. But uh, they'll probably – sorry, Nick. They're going to sweep the Dolphins and they're going to sweep the Jets. Um, as far as the Raider go, Raiders go, yeah, they, they're playing – 
real good football, at least offensively. They're doing everything right on offense, and next week they go against the Chiefs, and that's going to be a fun game. I mean, yeah. I mean, the Raiders have played the Chiefs, you know, really close, uh, and that's just divisional football for you. Um, but, yeah, this is this is the Raiders-Chiefs rivalry right now. I think that with what we have here, I think John Gruden is going to keep this team competitive for the next – 10 years uh, just because that's the type of coach he is. And then obviously Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, uh, we're going to be talking about these games a lot because this, this is going to be, you know, deciding some home field advantage stuff uh, going in just as we see the Raiders get better and better. So. Yep. Yep. All right. Last thing I'll say on the bills uh, sweeping the dolphins thing, (laughs) Brian, is that the dolphins do play them in the last game of the season. So if the Bills have wrapped up the division, they could be sitting all their starters and not get and won't sweep the Dolphins. I'll just put that and out. We're going to see Tua <laughs> throw. Uh, I think we'll see. Yeah, I think we'll see Tua before all that happens. Well, but, if uh, the way if yeah. the way the games go continue on, there's no way the Bills will be resting their starter week 17 because they're going to be battling out with Kansas City and like Baltimore for one of those bye weeks. It's only no, one no. bye week. And did so... they do the expanded playoffs this year? Oh, well then, yeah, all yes. the more reason. Yep. Like, they need to. Well, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if I put them on the Chiefs level yet. The Chiefs are making me nervous, but we'll get into that later. Yeah. Um, all right. Indianapolis Colts at the Chicago Bears, a odd-scoring game in this one, 19-11. Uh, to 11. Listen, we had the best defense in football. And then we had the Chicago Bears, okay? That's what we had going on in this game. And I'm pretty excited about it. I wasn't going to wait for you to introduce me because I'm just taking it. Indianapolis Colts are too legit to quit right now. I mean, I just – there's you, you can't say anything bad about them. I mean, they've legitimately – maybe you could say that the quality of play that, or the quality of opponent hasn't been top tier. Uh, but, again, this is right now statistically the best defense in football. And then when you look at their efficiency on offense – They've got the offensive line. They've got the running game. Phillip Rivers is playing the best football of his career. Still not convinced that he's not going to just throw away the big game with four interceptions. But with how they've looked lately, this is a team that's going to go 15-1 and with one loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars in week one. Oh, that's bold, sir. That's bold. There's, I don't know what their schedule no, looks like, but 15-1. No <laughs> but um, I, do, I do like them more and more pretty much week after week. I like them a little bit more. And they. this is their division to win, and just from that they will make the playoffs. Um, I, I can look for them to make some kind of uh, trade before the trade deadline, I think, to just give their offense a little bit of push, probably on the wide receiver side. Uh. I'm not quite sure who they would target yet, but I just I see them going that route, route giving up a second round pick for a quality receiver to just help them over get over the hump. Yeah, I mean, just to jump into it, you know, I'm boasting about that defense, but so they're giving up 236 yards per game total. The next best is Pittsburgh at 290 yards per game. Uh, points per game, they're giving up 14. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs are the second best at 17.5. Um, so they're they're looking super legit. I mean, I, I I saw they had that big game against Minnesota, and I thought, okay, you know, whatever. That's kind of 
you know, smoke in a bottle type of a situation, but uh, they just keep it up. They just keep getting better and better. So I don't know. Super Bowl champions coming. Then again, I look at how good Kansas City's Chiefs offense is, and then I look at the fact that they are the number two scoring defense, points allowed defense in the league, and then I remember I think that the Colts play them this season. So I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Lots of lots of fun. Lots of fun yet to be had, but I, I still can't believe you know we're through week four already. Oh, I know it's unbelievable. Um, it's going fast. But, yeah, I mean, I think that the Bears drew, you know, they kind of drew the short straw. This was supposed to be a game that they were supposed to come in. And, uh, you know, I'm going to call out Barstool Sports and uh, Deion Sanders here. They all took a sweep for the Bears in this one. And if they're listening, which they're probably not, just want to say how wrong they were. Um, Because, yeah, I mean, Nick Foles tried to do what he could do, but, you know, there wasn't anybody open. And, I mean, he made some spectacular plays in that game to even have them in the position that they were in. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, we had this like conversation uh, on Sunday. I was making the point, like, didn't I just say in the podcast that, like, when Nick Foles is named a starter and has expectations, he, he's going to fail you, <laughs> but if he comes in off the bench or just, you know, for whatever reason, he'll, uh, you know, be a Super Bowl winning quarterback. <laughs> Right. He can't seem to win the starting games, but he'll dominate off the bench, which going back to, you know, what I was saying, the guy on Pat McAfee's podcast, just saying we're going to start every game with uh, Mitch Trubisky, dig ourselves a hole and then bring in Nick Foles. And I think that honestly, that is probably the best strategy to roll with going forward. Sounds like a winning formula to me. Yeah. I mean, one thing kind of to note about that Chicago, because I want to give Chicago their fair props in here. Um, they did get a sack on Phillip Rivers. They pressured him quite a bit. Uh, he was the least pressured quarterback uh, through three weeks coming into this game, completing like 74% of his passes. Um, his line was 16 for 29 for 190 yards. Uh, so that's another thing. I mean, the Chicago Bears defense is still really good, and I'm not definitely not throwing in the towel on this Chicago team. I think that, you know, they're going to still win. You know, they're going to grind out a 9-7, and 10-6 and six record. Uh, They're certainly off to a great start to do something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, to only allow one touchdown to this team is, is pretty impressive. Yeah. So, all right. The next, oh, the moving on. I just saw what's up next. Philadelphia Eagles at the San Francisco 49ers. Nick Mullins. Whoops. Nick Mullins had to try. <laughs> Nick Mullins. So, he gets the award for the second worst quarterback this week. We're going to get into the worst quarterback this week. But, Oh my goodness! You had to just try to play that bad. After how yeah, impressive yeah. he's been in his young career, I mean, just you know, there was one big play early on where it's kind of a play action situation, and Husecheck kind of slips through the line for kind of a seam seam streak, and he's wide open and nobody around him, and Nick Mullins throws out of a clean pocket and misses him 15 yards downfield by five yards. And right then, you just knew, like, oh, this game's over. I've never been There's more happy to be wrong about the 49ers uh, having won this, you know, trying to win this game. I picked the 49ers to win, but, you know, and the Eagles won. And you know what You know what that means? The Eagles are first in the NFC East. 
<laughs> half a game. What by what half a half, not even half a game? <laughs> one, two, and one in the Washington football team is one and three, and so is the Cowboys, and so are the I, guys. I think I said it in our preseason. I think I see. I could see all these teams being five hundred, and I'm I'm going to be curious if any one of them is five hundred. So I said that I don't think this this division will be as bad as it was. <laughs> I think it's worse. I think it's worse. <laughs> NFC least for sure. You know the worst part but I mean is I can still go <laughs> this is bad. I can go and if I want to find Carson Wentz's stats, I still just go to ESPN and I still just sort by worst passer rating. And even after this win, it's still Carson Wentz. And then Daniel <laughs> Jones. And then you only have to go down two more guys, three more guys to find Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. I mean, it's ugly. And then I think the top rated quarterback. No, it's not. I thought it might be Dak Prescott, but it's not. It's Russell Wilson. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. I was going to yeah. whoever goes to the playoffs from the NFC East is probably not going to have a winning record. I think it was the Cowboys a few years ago got in with seven and nine. And the Seahawks did that once, like many years ago. Got into the playoffs was a seven and nine record, and that's just like, I mean, they should just be kicked out, and the next wild card team, you know, steps up when things like that happen. I, I agree. I think we need to, especially with this expanded playoffs. I think that we need to basically say, like, uh, if there's another team with a winning record, uh, they they leapfrog you like you have to have a winning record to go into the playoffs i think that that needs to be some sort of a prerequisite yeah, that they like even if here. it's nine and seven um just like well yeah i mean this came up this came up uh initially i think we all i think we all talked about it a little bit before we all started this whole thing but you know with the whole seven play seven playoff spots like there's got to be some I feel like there's got to be something you got to have something at the end of the line here for the, the division winner, regardless of what, what, it what, you know, what record you have. I mean, see, uh, and that's... you, you play so many of these games in their division. You got to have some, even if you end up a seven and nine as the division winner, what you get a pat on the back. That's, that's where I'm going to just dis- disrespectfully disagree with you, Nick. And I'm going to say disrespectfully, <laughs> I'm going all in <laughs> and I'm just going to say, no, if you win your division with a losing record, you get the toilet bowl trophy and you have to put it on your living room wall. And that's what you get. You don't get to go to the playoffs. You don't get a pat on the back. You get, you have a losing record in the worst division in football. Go home. That's what you get. I don't like it. Makes me upset. Playoffs are to reward winning, not to give participation trophies. Well, well said. Yeah, but go. <laughs> moving on, we're we're Whatever. off track. We, we need it to is move what on. it is. <laughs> yeah, the the BS. The Philadelphia begun. Eagles are um, just so bad, and that division is just so bad that I, I'm upset, and I'm upset because of the next game that I'm about to talk about and Brian Hoyer and what he did because bad football. Just if Cam Newton plays this game, when you're... the Patriots walk out of there with a win. No. No. If I don't Ryan so. Hoyer just doesn't be a complete idiot, Take they a sack. win, I think. I honestly think that they had the opportunity to win uh, this I don't game. Think they win. First of all, I mean, there was the interception that 
the referees got completely wrong. So that's one thing that should have gone another way. I mean, I mean, really, they lost six points, and then the game changed how they had to play it. Up until that point when they were playing that chess match of back and forth before the Chiefs could really get loose, I mean, the Chiefs were on their heels, and the Patriots were coming hard, and they just gave up six points. Just, boop, not for you. I don't know. I mean, I think I was, like, looking at that game thinking, if this game continues the trend that it get, it's having, this defense is going to build, and they're going to come away with a takeaway. But how do you play – how do you play when you when you when your leader does what Brian Hoyer did? No, you just if you're bad quarterback play, there's no overcoming it. You're just yeah, sinks all ships. That's bad quarterback play sinks all ships. That's yeah, I mean, I was to. like, when we went into the half, almost in field goal, right? You know, having having a field goal and then losing it, but still going into the half with the Chiefs only having six points. I was like. Oh man, like we can do this, and then we didn't. Yeah, and again, it, I think that's going to happen. So, Go kind of my last bit on that little thing is this is what I'm talking about. Like with that, uh, the big fumble, you know, in the in the Chargers game. There's a certain level of momentum that's going one way. There's a certain level of getting these wins uh, that push a team to victory. And if the Patriots get those wins, because the Chiefs are looking at this going like, holy cow, Brian Hoyer and the Bill Belichick Patriots are literally sticking with us. And our quarterback is struggling and our offense is struggling and our star running back is struggling and we can't really stop this team. I think it's a completely different second half. I think that it's, I think that Brian Hoyer gets loose and he does, he, He's got a great arm. He just makes some really stupid decisions. And taking those sacks okay. were just terrible decisions. I don't know. Floor I'm is gonna, yours. Here's my, dis, my, here's my disrespectfully disagreeing. We said the same thing about Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert game. When Justin Herbert came in to, to, uh, for, the, for the Chiefs in this game, there was, there was literally no time. The Chiefs defense... Hat was set up all week for what they were thinking was going to be this Cam Newton-led offense. Well, well, uh, hang on a second, guys. You're going to get 24 hours, and now we're going to run our old offense with Brian Hoyer. But none of us watched any don't video say we, on it because I disagreed with that. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, Brian Hoyer was 15 to 24 for 130, 130 yards. This defense played him, and they played him well. Well, you just you said it, James. You said the defense. This is the second second leading scoring defense in the league. Like, of course they're going to play well, but I think they would have played better if they had a whole week of notice leading up to the game to, to study Brian Hoyer again. Look at the old offense that McDaniel's has run with Hoyer, not what they let it been be known that the Chiefs were without with Chris Jones this game. So I mean, so I mean, same thing could be said. Like that I could say, too. if Cam Newton plays, they win, but you could have probably just as easily say if Chris Jones plays even with you know that this could have been a even a big runaway game just from having that interior pressure yeah I mean I'm just gonna say this too I mean even without Cam Newton this team had 35 carries for 185 yards so you could swing it and say like oh Brian Hoyer and his 130 yards caught the Chiefs defense off guard but how about the fact that this team still ran over the Chiefs 
from a running perspective. And had they had Cam Newton, they probably would have put up 250, 260 and controlled the clock. And Cam Newton is not going to take a sack because he thinks he has a timeout when he just called three timeouts. I, th- I think there's, I think there's, 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 there's too many things for, there's too many dominoes here to flip one domino and have them all. Well, I don't down. care about any of the dominoes. <laughs> all I care about is Brian Hoyer had this team in a position to win the game and he blew it because he's an idiot. He had the, he had the team in a position to not Regardless. lose the game and he lost the game. He didn't I have will, him in a position he, to win. He got on the plane and went right. we'll before halftime. I will say this from a fantasy perspective on. here for Patriot, uh, for Patriots. If there are any Sony Michelle owners left, excluding myself, go get Damian Harris. I think the dude super C- uh, Sony Michelle went to the IR, and I don't think he's going to get his starting job back if Damian Harris ran like he did against the Chiefs. 17 for 100 yards. It's pretty unreal numbers. I just got to say, I, I want to say how, didn't how so- the offense, actually, the, the rushing offense actually got better after Brian Hoyer sat on the bench. Yeah, that, that's neither here nor there. Uh, didn't, didn't Sony rush for yeah, like, like nine 70 for of those came on two runs. Week, Brian? What, what's the deal? So, <laughs> yeah, but when you look at. Hey, the stats are. What's Damian Harris here? Uh, 41 of those yard, came on. 41 of his Did he have a rush, rush that big? I thought so, I didn't think he had anything more than 20. Yeah. That's that was like the first handoff of Jarrett Siddham's oh. career this year was like a 41 right. yard carry by David. That's why I was uh, saying the running game got better when Jarrett Siddham walked in there. Just imagine if he'd been playing the whole well, game. They would have ran had for two interceptions, so Okay. Well, yeah, when you have to when you have All to right. dig yourself That's out true. of a Brian Hoyer hole. All right. Moving on. Good lord. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> There's nothing we got to talk about, about Aaron Rodgers and the Atlanta Everything. Falcons. <laughs> Falcons are terrible. Julio Jones <laughs> let me down. I needed him just to get one more catch. I lost by point one <laughs> in my fantasy league. <laughs> because uh, Julio Jones cannot play a full game this year or even play in games. And Aaron Rodgers is the – oh, man, it's hard for me to say because – Patrick Mahomes, I want to say, is the best quarterback in football, but Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in football. He is like I've I've said it since the draft night. Aaron Rodgers is on a scorched earth world tour right yeah. now, and dude is gonna dude is gonna win some games. <laughs> That's all. No, I no, mean, no, 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 no. Dude's gonna <laughs> dominate games. And yeah. that's what he's doing. I mean, the games that they've played in just haven't even been remotely close outside of the Saints game. Um, yeah, I, I like the Green Bay Packers a lot. I think their defense is just good enough. Uh, I think it's another situation of they score so fast uh, that their defense has to do more than they were asked to do last year. And I think Aaron Rodgers kind of played that role last year of kind of slowing it down and doing all that. But he said, hey, you guys are going to take a quarterback in the first round when you have me? No. You want to try to run the game, run the ball, slow the game down? No, we're not going to do that. We're going to throw a lot of yards. We're going to throw them fast. And we're going to put a lot of points on the board. And our defense will just have to make do. And I think that this is a defense that comes to playoffs. They're a defense that can get after the quarterback. And they can run the ball. And I think this is the most complete team 
outside of maybe the Chiefs right now. Uh, Brent, real quick, I want to, I do want to mention, talk about the defense real quick for the, the, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Jair Alexander was on Calvin Ridley in this game, and Calvin Ridley had no catches. Well, he, he was not hurt as well, zip, I think, zero, injury, zilch, so. It. He's still the number one fantasy wide receiver on the season. You would expect at least something. Jair, but. Yeah, Jair is a elite number one. I mean, I'm not talking, you know, a Josh Norman, Richard Sherman type of guy. I'm talking a Darrell Revis, yeah, Stephon he's, Gilmore type he's of He's a man-to-man defender. guy, wet blanket. Like, if you get a catch, he's he's right on it, right on you while you're doing it. Um, yeah. I will say this, uh, not just as like a Tom Brady fan, but just like as a football fan. If we don't see like a Packer, the way the games are being played right now, a Packers Buccaneers NFC championship, just with the chips on these guys' shoulders, it will just be like a letdown for football fans everywhere. Cause you have Aaron Rodgers trying to show that, you know, you were wrong to take a quarterback in the first round. Like, I still got it, and I'm going to lead you to the promised land. You have Tom Brady saying, I don't, you know, I'm not just a product of the Patriots and Bill Belichick. I'm going to lead this team to the promised land. Like, that will just be a great game, and it needs to happen. No, I, I disagree. I mean, I think it'd be a fantastic game, but it should happen in, like, the first, maybe the second round. Uh, I think the game that I'd like to see as far as NFC Championship goes is Green Bay and Those Seattle. are always good games. I don't games. care where it gets played. These, these two teams have crazy history, so I would love to see those one of, another one of those games. Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, Tom Brady's going to lose this week, and we're going to see who he really is. So, <laughs> Oh, and I love the segue. I love the segue into Thursday Night Football. Hell yeah, Tom Brady and the T- Tampa Bay Buccaneers going up to the Chicago Bears for Thursday night football. They're not, James, you obviously wrong. have some opinions. I'm ta- <laughs> Go for it. I'm taking the, I'm taking the Bears here. Uh, I like this Bears defense. I think that Brady, you know, I think that this Bears defense is much better than the Saints defense. And I think the Saints defense is pretty night one. And I think of- that regardless, Brian, you will wait your turn, okay? All right. So, <laughs> Brady has pa- really faced no real major pass rushes. And when he has, he's made poor decisions. I mean, four pick sixes in the last six games, that's a real thing. And this Chicago Bears defense knows how to get after quarterbacks. They have solid DBs that can take the ball away. They have a linebacker linebacking core that is fast. I mean, I saw that this last week. They are fast and they play hard um, downhill. Danny Trevathan, Roquan Smith. Um, I like the Chicago Bears in a grind fest. I don't even think it's a high scoring game, but I think that uh, they they stop the run. I think that they get after Tom Brady. They get that interception. I do think he's going to throw one, maybe two interceptions in this game, but this is not going to be Brady coming out and proving that he was so great and that that five touchdown game was what we're going to see going forward because I know that's what everybody's saying. Oh, they just are going to get better with time. Look how great he was. We're going to see a complete opposite of that. I'm saying it here and now. No. Just no. Brady will not have five touchdown passes. I will give you that. But you know who also has a good pass rush? The Buccaneers. You know who also has 
really fast to take the ball away linebackers, the Buccaneers, you know, who has a beyond better offense than the Bears, the Buccaneers. That's all, you know? <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Do, hang on. Yeah, they still got Gronk oh, and Cameron Brait. Michael Evans may not. Gronk hasn't been Gronk's anything. Gronk's time Stop is coming. Well, Gronk was it. it Gronk had a huge catch in his uh, last game. I will give him that. Uh, okay, one I'm not catch does that not either, mean he's but, Gronk you know, of old. Gronk, old, about to retire Gronk still made the game-making Super Bowl catch against the Rams. Okay, anyways, Mike Evans is banged up, may not even play in this game. Do we know if Godwin's going to play in this game? Let's get that details. I, I mean, don't think it matters, Brian, but... The, the the Brian, this vaunted offense may not even be around Brady for this game. I mean, OJ Howard caught a touchdown pass in the last game, and now he's out. He tore his Achilles. He's done. Uh, yeah, Gronk is whatever. <laughs> I I was I'm so off. I've been off of Gronk since the, our rankings, and you guys know that. But um, and his play really on the field tells me that yes if he gets one one catch a game whatever that doesn't mean anything but Cameron Brayton is still a solid tight end but then who is who's he gonna throw to if, if Evans is banged up and and Godwin's out of this game it's gonna be he's got Scotty Miller and... I also want to point out that the big issue that they had you know and the thing that I really took solace in was missed kicks were false start penalties were unnecessary roughness penalties all the things that you typically never saw on a Bill Belichick team, but you're going to see on normal NFL teams. Um, that's the kind of stuff that Tom Brady has to overcome, um, you know, being just on a normal team, not Bill Belichick's team. So, uh, the again, I think that the Bears are going to pressure him. They're going to put a lot of a lot of heat on them all around. Like I said, I think it's going to be a grind fest. I don't think that, you know, the Bears' offense is going to put up 30 points on him. I think it's like a 14-10 no, type I, of game. No, I, I am a, you know? in agreement with you there, but I think even with the injuries, I think the Buccaneers still are better offensively, and that's going to be the difference maker because it is a collision of two great defenses, and just whoever's going to be able to move the ball even a little bit is going to be the team that wins it, and I think that's the Buccaneers. I mean, the Bears are allowing the third worst passer rating in the league. Tampa Bay is down there giving up a solid 20 points better passer rating. No, we'll see. What do you think, Nick? Who's going to win this game? Well, I'm looking something up here. Um, but, you know, I, I said it last week, but uh, uh, last time on the podcast, you know, ro- uh, road teams on Thursday night. You said that last just week. Just generally the, don't play that ja- well. Or not last week when the Jaguars beat the Dolphins. Or when the Dolphins beat the Excuse Jaguars. Me? You said that you said that last uh the week prior. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I know I I know I said that the week prior, but, but that was because uh, we were you know, suspect gonna... of the Dolphins and we thought the Jaguars were <laughs> the eighty four Bears. So yeah, coming off of the win over the uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, the I, I, I'm gonna take the Bears in this game. I think the I think the, at home they come up, and that defense plays legit. 
uh, and I, uh, yeah, I could see it being a last second thing or, you know, a last possession game, but I'm going to, I'm going to take the bears. Well, I'm going to go with James on this one. Great choice, Nick. And I will say, I, I'm not <laughs> even convinced that the bears offense even scores any points. I would even, I'd even put, you know, a little bit down that the, that the, all the points come off of turnovers, kick like field goals <laughs> or pick sixes, fumble returns. Just be ready to and eat your words. That's all I'm saying. That's, Oh, I'm very typically oh. not wrong about Tom Brady. So here we go. All right, it's time to wrap it up tonight, fellas. This is a good episode. Thanks you. Thank you for joining us here on the All B Sports Podcast, where it's all BS all the time. And we'll get to do this with you guys in a couple more days uh, when we preview the rest of week. And five. Make sure you hit us up in our mailbag at All B Sports PNW at Gmail dot com allbsportspnw at gmail.com. Let us know uh, what you think of our picks. Give us your picks and let us know if there's anything you want us to cover going forward. Goodbye. Absolutely.